When the circus came to Roanoke in October 1927, the brothers were being billed as something even stranger than Ecuadorian savages. Are they ambassadors from Mars? asked the poster of the brothers hanging outside the sideshow. According to the story, Eco and Eco had been spotted in 1923 climbing from a hole near the wreckage of their spaceship in the Mojave Desert. The idea that these supposed Martians would be playing popular tunes in a tent in Virginia didn't make a lick of sense, but that didn't deter the crowds. At Roanoke Fairgrounds on that autumn day, George on mandolin and Willie on guitar were playing It's a Long Way to Tipperary when one of the brothers noted something unusual, a black woman had managed to elbow her way to the front of the crowd. There's our dear old mother, said George. Look, Willie, she is not dead. They laid down their instruments and rushed to hug the woman they had not seen for at least 13 years. At the time, Harriet Muse was working as a maid and laundress in Roanoke and, though illiterate, had found out her sons were coming to town. George and Willie had been told that their mother was dead by Candy Shelton in order that they give up any dreams of going home. While the legend around Truvine was that the boys had been kidnapped in 1899, Macy found accounts that Harriet had contracted with a carnival operator called Stokes for her sons to travel with them. Only later, according to those reports, had they been kidnapped by Candy Shelton. But certainly since 1914, when her sons had gone missing from the Great American Show's carnival, Harriet had had no news of her son's whereabouts. Perhaps helping her sons to get away to the circus, thereby escaping this world and its dearth of opportunities, was the best Harriet could do. George and Willie became Eco and Eco, certainly the brothers had been trafficked for at least 13 years when they were reunited with their mother. And on that autumn day, Harriet wanted payback. She was, clearly, an extraordinary woman, three days after she faced down the circus proprietors and city cops in that sideshow tent and reclaimed her sons, she started legal proceedings against the Ringling brothers and Shelton. The brothers had been, her lawyer argued, held against their will, and turned into slaves. In a settlement, the circus agreed to pay back wages and, later, the kidnapper turned manager Shelton was dispatched to sweeten the deal, if the brothers returned to the circus, not only would a portion of their salary be paid to their parents, but their other brother Tom would be hired to work as a roustabout. By the winter of 1928, the brothers had left home again, and were touring once more with Ringlings. That year they appeared at Madison Square Garden, and then performed for royalty at Buckingham Palace. What was striking about Eco and Eco's trip to London was that they were a flop. The London public had no taste for that sort of thing. Why? It had more advanced attitudes towards disability in the 1920s, because so many of its veterans after the First World War were disabled. They did not want objects of pity of any kind. Eco and Eco were severely handicapped mentally. This assumption unfairly dogged George and Willie throughout their lives, and there isn't any evidence for it. Uneducated, yes. Socially uncomfortable around authority figures, yes but mentally handicapped. Not at all. In the US, the Eco and Eco Act proved lucrative for years, keeping them in work until the late 1950s. Their father was murdered by a husband who found him in bed with his wife. Meanwhile, Harriet repeatedly used the law to ensure that her sons got paid, that the circuses they worked for informed her of their whereabouts, and that some of their earnings came to her. 
She used the money she saved the way to buy land in Franklin County, where she hoped she would see her boys later live. That was not to be, she died at the age of 68 in 1942. But the nest egg saved from her son's wages went towards buying a house in Roanoke where George and Willie lived in retirement, cared for by other women in their family. George died in 1972, but Willie lived on until 2001, when he died at the age of 108. In his last years, Willie would straighten the picture of his mother in a silver frame near the foot of his bed, and recalled it with pride how she had stood up to the cops and circus bigwigs when she came to reclaim her sons in 1927. Willie managed to outlive everybody who had exploited him, including the only person he ever hated, Shelton. Scum of the earth, he would say of Shelton, or if he was feeling especially feisty, cocksucker.